to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your Wednesday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, the Road to Atlanta Podcast, and the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSVN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms, wherever you choose to listen to your favorite Battery Power Podcast Network shows, that's where we'll be for free. Free on all podcast platforms. Just make sure you hit that subscribe button to get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And the latest is this. The Braves and Mets are once again tied atop the NL East. That's right. The Braves with an 8-2 victory over the Washington Nationals, in which the Braves' offense just had another stellar night against the Nationals' pitching staff. An 8-2 victory for the Braves, coupled with a 6-4 loss by the Mets to the Marlins. Thank you, Pablo Lopez, Jacob Stallings, and others. But the Braves' win, the Mets' loss, puts the Braves and the Mets tied atop the NL East, with both teams having one game left on Wednesday night before they face each other in a massive three-game series over the weekend. We'll discuss a bit more about that a little bit later on in the show. But as for Tuesday night, it didn't get off to the best starts for the Braves. Kyle Muller, who the Braves had decided to give another opportunity for him to start, much like Bryce Elder, due to injuries, wanting to line up their best arms for the Mets series, what have you, for the second straight night, The Braves were going to rely on their young depth when it came to their starting pitching options. And the Braves were hoping that while Kyle Muller didn't need to be as dominant as Bryce Elder was on Monday, the Braves were at least hoping that he could put together a quality start to put them in a position to win. Well, it didn't start off that great. The Braves got down 2 to nothing. Kyle Muller, you know, did not have his best stuff early on in the game. That continued throughout much of his start as he worked out of trouble a few times. But the Braves were down 2 to nothing rather early, but then the offense got going. Michael Harris delivered a two-run triple to put the Braves up two to two, or put to put the Braves tied with the Nationals two to two, and then the Braves started hitting the long ball. Orlando Arcia with another home run against the Nationals. Orlando Arcia loves feasting on Nationals pitching. If we could just have it, if, if Arcia were to be you know, a potential regular starter for the Braves come the playoffs at second. If someone could just tell him he's facing the Nationals all the time, that could work wonders for him and the Braves. But Orlando Arcia delivering a home run, and then Ronald Acuna Jr. delivering his first of two home runs in last night's game made the score 4-2. to two. Eddie Rosario and others added on late, and the Braves were able to get an 8-2 to two victory. Again, Kyle Muller, four and two-thirds innings, gave up two runs. He didn't have his best stuff, but you have to speak. You have to, you have to speak to the fact. You have to give him a little credit. He was able to work through the trouble and do enough to keep the score close enough early to where the Braves' offense could eventually get going. And also you have to, you know, tip your hat to the Braves bullpen as well. Four and two thirds combined innings. Colin McHugh, Jesse Chavez, AJ Minter, Tyler Matzik, four and one thirds combined innings, seven strikeouts, no earned runs. They did their job as well when it came to the Braves pitching staff doing enough to limit the opposing offense from really getting going when it comes to having success. 
But the story of last night's game was a microcosm of a developing narrative about the Braves' offense over the past two months. And that is the Braves' outfield has slowly but surely become one of the best offensive-producing outfields in the majors. Last night, all three of the Braves' outfielders had multiple hits, had two or more RBIs. That is a great development for this Braves team that has seen the infield. If you go back and you look at the Braves season when it comes to the offense, I've talked about before how in May and early June it was Dansby Swanson who really was the most consistent offensive producer for the Braves. In July, it was obviously Austin Riley. Matt Olson came on with his power in June and July as well. So it was the Braves infield that really was the anchor for the offense for much of the you know first half of the season into the early second half. Before August 1st, as a combined union, unit among all MLB outfields, the Braves were 25th in many offensive categories. OPS, WRC+, uh, WOBA, they were, they were 23rd, 24th, 25th. They were in the bottom third of MLB outfields in terms of offensive production through July 31st of this season. But since August 1st, the Braves have had a top five outfield in terms of offensive production in the majors. In many offensive categories, the Braves outfield unit has been top five in the majors over the past two months, and it couldn't come at a better time since we've seen a bit of regression in the production of Dansby Swanson and Austin Riley, as well as Matt Olson, and of course the Braves being without Ozzie Albies. And it makes sense. We've talked about how Michael Harris for the past two months has been one of the best offensive producers in baseball. We've talked about the fact that Eddie Rosario, over his past 15 games, is really starting to round into form. He's really starting to hit close to what we saw in the playoffs last year, though don't know if he's going to get as hot as he was during the NLCS. But it makes sense, right? It makes sense that with as special as Michael Harris has been, with the fact that Eddie Rosario has been hitting better, Marcelo Zuna has been hitting better. Robbie Grossman has had his moments since he became a Brave. This Braves outfield has been producing like one of the best outfields in the majors over the past two months, and we always knew they had the talent. It was just them being able to produce at the same time, and that has really emerged as a big, big development for this Braves outfield. But as special as Michael Harris has been, as great as it is to see Eddie Rosario coming into being closer to what he can do at the plate, Perhaps the biggest story of all is Ronald Acuna Jr. once again performing at an MVP level that we all know he's capable of doing for extended periods of time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we've arrived to Wednesday, and the Braves have seen things play out about as good as they can. The Braves and Mets tied atop 
the NL East. Both teams have one game left before they get a mutual off day on Thursday. Setting the scene for Wednesday, the Mets will be facing the Marlins. Tywin Walker will be on the mound for the Mets. Jesus Lazardo will be on the mound for the Marlins in New York. For the Braves, it'll be Jake Odorizzi on the mound for the Braves, and it'll be Josiah Gray on the mound for the Nationals. And this has worked out about as good as the Braves could have hoped. Uh, being tied atop the NL East, the potential to where if you go get a win, you remain tied going into this weekend series, or perhaps you actually have a one-game lead. But this is going to be, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Obviously, the Braves need to take care of business tonight. But one other narrative to watch this weekend, with as many stars, as many well-known names that will be on the field for the Mets and Braves this weekend, one name to watch is Ian, and that is in the form of Hurricane Ian, which is scheduled to make landfall in Florida today. First, for any Braves fans or anyone listening to this show, to anyone and everyone who may be impacted by this storm, hope the best to you and your families. Please stay safe and secure. But with Hurricane Ian, which seems to be a pretty major hurricane, making landfall in Florida, there are forecasts that show it could have an impact on the series between the Mets and the Braves this weekend. Now, I'm not going to act like a weatherman, I'm not going to get too much into detail, but it has been reported that Major League Baseball has talked with both the Mets and the Braves about potential alternative scenarios than what is scheduled for this weekend. Now, it seems like the most likely scenarios are potentially, you know, moving games up earlier in the day, potentially having a doubleheader on Sunday, as it looks like that if Ian were to impact the Atlanta area, the main impact would happen on Saturday. Those seem to be the potential alternatives that are on the table to embrace if it does look like Ian would impact the Atlanta area this weekend. Other options that have at least been looked at but are not really being considered at the moment are moving games to the end of the year, uh, potentially making it to where the Braves and Mets would play on Thursday, or moving this series from Atlanta to another baseball city. And baseball, Major League Baseball has done that before. Those last three options are really not being considered. For the best interest of the Mets and the Braves, and just baseball as well, the best thing to do would be able to get the series in this weekend. So make sure to stay tuned to BatteryPower.com, BatteryPower SBN across all forms of social media for the latest potential changes that could occur if it were to make an impact on the Atlanta area this weekend. So talked about the fact that the outfield for the Braves has really been a huge factor in helping this offense stay productive despite the fact that many Braves infielders, though some are starting to get hotter. You know, you're starting to see Austin Riley, Dansby, Matt Olson, they're starting to get back going. But as the Braves infield has regressed a bit since August 1st, this Braves outfield has really heated up. Michael Harris, Eddie Rosario have been spectacular. Harris over the past two months, Rosario over the past two weeks. But make no mistake, I've said it before and I'll say it again, the biggest factor in this Braves offense will and always has been Ronald Acuna Jr. We know it from what he did before his injury. We know it for what he did during the first few years of his MLB career, 
Ronald Acuna Jr. has the ability year in and year out to be a true MVP candidate. We saw it in 2019. We saw it in 2021 before his injury. And we're starting to see it once again in August and September. And this is why the Braves winning the NL East carries even more significance than a lot of the other factors that come with it. If the Braves win the NL East, there's plenty of things that come with that that are positive. They win their fifth straight division title. In the new playoff format in the National League, they get a bye. And arguably, that second spot in the National League in this year's playoffs, that may be the most beneficial position for any team to be in. But the other big factor for the Braves is if they can get the NL East title, is that they get that extra rest where they don't have to play in the first round of the playoffs. And for Ronald Acuna Jr., the past few months has shown periods of scheduled rest every two to three weeks have been essential for him to get back to his old self. If you look back over the past two or three months, it seems like every two to three weeks, Ronald Acuna Jr., due to a small ailment, will get a bit of time off, like he did this past weekend when the Braves held him out for much of the series against the Phillies. But each time that he comes back, he looks more and more like his old self. We saw it in early August. We've seen it in early September. We saw it last night when he had his first multi-homer game since June and only his second multi-homer game since April of 2021. But the numbers indicated as well. Over his past 30 games, a 444 slugging percentage. Over his past 15 games, a 517 slugging percentage. Over his past seven games, a 556 slugging percentage. These periods of rest for Ronald are allowing for him to get more consistent at being his old self and the production is showing on the field. Now, take that approach and apply it towards the Braves being able to get a bye in the first round. Think of what that rest could do for Ronald Acuna Jr. before the Braves were to play whoever they would play in the NLDS. And think of how good of a position he'll be. Think of how good that rest will be for him to be as fresh as possible and hopefully be the best version of himself it can be, which we're seeing right now. And don't forget that a healthy Ronald Acuna Jr. has been an absolute stud in the playoffs. Back in the 2019 NLDS, I know they didn't win that series, but Ronald Acuna Jr. absolutely was a difference maker in that playoff series. Some may consider this a hot take. Some may consider this a stretch. But I'm here to say that if a healthy Ronald Acuna Jr. is available for the playoffs, and this year hopefully he will be, especially if he can get that extra rest for through a bye with the Braves, Ronald Acuna Jr., at the level that he's playing at right now, the level that he played at before his injury, Ronald Acuna Jr. has the talent to be the biggest offensive difference maker in the National League playoffs. Among any other names, he has that talent level. He's shown it before. 
And if that buy for the Braves in the first round of the playoffs could get him that scheduled rest that we know has been beneficial to him in the second half of the season, that could make all the difference in the world for the Braves to have Ronald Acuna Jr. at his best to survive and advance in the playoffs. So it's great to see Ronald Acuna Jr. back to his old form. Hopefully, the Braves will be able to earn the opportunity to get him ample rest to continue to be that way once the playoffs arrive. But as for tonight, again, don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Jake Odorizzi is on the mound for the Braves. And make no mistake about it, Jake Odorizzi has struggled in terms of his appearances for the Braves. Seven home runs allowed in his last six starts. The key for Odorizzi is simple. Keep the darn ball in the ballpark. That's what it comes down to. If he can keep the ball in the ballpark, the Braves should be able to figure out how to score some runs off Josiah Gray, who has been one of the more prone pitchers to home runs in the majors this season. That's going to be the key tonight for both Gray and Odorizzi. Which pitcher can keep the ball in the ballpark? And especially with the fact that the Braves used a good portion of their pin for over four innings in last night's game, Odorizzi being able to go five or six innings will be huge. Even with the off day, it'll be huge to give this Braves bullpen as much rest as possible before the series against the Mets. It's going to be a lot of fun to see. Hopefully, we'll continue to see good production from Matt Olson. Maybe Austin Riley can get going once again, get a, get a long ball of his own in this game. It'll be great to see the Braves offense once again get a win. And at the very least, the Braves are tied going into the series against the Mets. Maybe even they could have the division lead. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Daily Hammer. Make sure you check out the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, the Road to Atlanta Podcast, and the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSPN across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. It's been a pleasure. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer. <laughs>